This morning, Book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 28, and we're starting a new series called All Things. And I want you to turn to your neighbor today. I want you to say, you look really nice. Um, and turn to your other neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here at church. And then I want you to turn it back to your neighbor and say, God works all things together for his good. And for you that are watching online, thank you for tuning in and this new series. If you can just let us know in the comments of, uh, you know, your amens or you let us know that you're, where you're watching from as well. And we're so blessed that you're tuning in. You're a great part of our church. And I want to give a shout out to Brother Dennis and Sister Australia watching in Lemoore, California. Thank you for always being faithful and we're praying for you there in Lemoore. Uh, Brother Dennis was uh, my very first song leader. Before that, I would be, I was a song leader and it was just... It was not good. And then Brother Dennis came, and then God just, oh, relieved me from that pressure. And he was such a great singer. And Brother Dennis, I just want to tell you, I love you, and I thank you for continuing to tune in. All right? So this uh, morning, this afternoon, I'm getting ready for the mornings. This morning, uh, I'm going to talk about moving forward in life when you don't feel like it. And we uh, went through 2020. And in March, a lot of things had changed. And then as the year no, was going on, it just seemed like things, can we be honest, it got worse and worse, right? It got worse and worse and worse. And how many of us know that in our lives, sometimes we go like, God, where are you? What are you doing, Lord? I don't understand what you're doing. I don't know what you're doing. But in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 28, look what God's word says to us. The Bible says these words, thank you so much. The Bible says this, it says, um, that we know that all things, everyone say all things. all things. Type in the comments I was watching, say, type in all things. All things work together for good of those who love God, who have been called according to his purpose. Now we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God, who have been called according to his purpose. That we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Why don't we go ahead and pray today, Lord, we thank you for your strength and for your presence, Lord. And right now, I pray that you would help us to grow more like you, Lord. Help us to fall more in love with you. And I pray, Lord, that you would have your way in our lives. You would have your way in our minds. I pray, Lord, that we would draw closer to you in spirit and in truth, more in love with you every day. And I pray, Lord God, that we would uh, let go of those things that hinder us, God, and sh just go after you more and more as we see the days approaching, Lord, your day, Lord, approaching. I pray right now, Lord, that we would not be uh, hurt, Lord God, uh, or hold on to hurts, but to leave them in your hands and allow you to heal us, Lord. And we'll be sure to give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise. And all of God's people said... Amen. So right here in this text, Romans 8.28, uh, the, the Greek word here for all, all things, it's talking about not just a small portion. Uh, it's talking about the totalities, just the whole thing of. How many of us know that we can't judge last year by one month? You can't say, I had a terrible year just because of January. You can't say, I, my, my, you know, March was the worst year, so the whole year was bad. No, you have to judge the totality of the year, the whole year, 12 months. But even thinking about your life, how many of us, you've ever had something bad happen in your life, and, and you, you're, you had that thing bad happen, and then as you're looking forward in your life, you just see the hand of God even use that terrible circumstance or thing that happened to you to bring you closer to Jesus, 
And that's what I want to talk about this morning is being closer to the Lord, being closer to him. And sometimes things take place in our life that are not comfortable, that are not easy, and sometimes even traumatic that we can be like, what in the world? Like, it could just make us lose faith. It can make us very bitter. It can make us stuck in a certain area and never want to get out of that area, but always want to be in that area. But God, he wants to help us today in all things to know that he is good and all things to know that he is still God and in all things to know that, you know what, he has a purpose for what he's doing. Let me give you an example. Uh, about four years ago, one of our family members he was sentenced to life in prison. And I remember it was one of the most hardest times of me and my wife's life. We were just so sad because when the judge laid down the sentence, it was just like, man. Like he, and what made it more sad was that our family member was serving the Lord, that he was going forward for God. So we were all praying. We were all believing. We were all fasting that the judge would have mercy on him, that justice would be brought about. And you know what happened? Everything that we prayed for, it didn't happen. It was just heartbreaking. It was heart-wrenching. And just to see him go to prison and then those doors shut and knowing that he has life in prison, it was just something that was so hard, so traumatic to know that he, this guy was there in prison. Our family member was there in prison. And uh, we were basically in a place where there was no hope for him. He's going to be there for the rest of his life. So we would talk to him on the phone, write him letters, try to encourage him. And he was always encouraging us. And uh, just yesterday, um, my wife got a call from him. And he said that uh, last week, uh, he got woken up at 5.30 in the morning. And he, they said, you're going to court right now. And he didn't even know he was going to go to court. He went to court that uh, morning. But you know what he said? He said, you know what, Sabrina, I always try to serve God on my own. I always had pride before God. I was always trying to lead God and make God follow behind me. He said, I, I was always the one in charge. He's on, then God brought me to this place where I didn't want to be so he could do something he wanted to do inside of me. And so he went to uh, court, and the, the judge looked at him. He said very favorably. And, and mind you, the family had no hope. We had no hope. We were like, you know what, he's going to be there for the rest of his life. And the judge said, I want to tell you that your sentence has been knocked down to 10 years. 10 years. 10 years. And uh, 10 years, and he goes, but if you if you're do good in here, it'll be even less. And the time that you've already been here, that's going to be counted towards uh, you being, you being uh, coming out of prison. And he said something very powerful and profound. He said, you know what, Sabrina, I always try to, uh, you know, lead God on my own. He goes, but you know what, God brought me to a place that I didn't want to be to do something that he wanted to do inside of my life. And even in prison, we didn't see how God could say all things. We were like, God, you know what, this thing, this is not you. This ain't you, Lord. How could this be you? How could this be you? How could you have your stamp of approval on this, Lord? And God in his sovereignty, God in, 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 his, in his infinite wisdom, the Bible says that his ways are not our ways. His, his thoughts are not our thoughts. That God, he, what he did is a supernatural miracle inside of the, uh, the life of our loved one. But you know what? We didn't see it. And how many of us know sometimes we don't see it? Turn to your neighbor and say, sometimes you don't see it. 
Your wife's like, you don't see your blessing. I'm looking right at you. I'm your biggest blessing. Are you going to tell me? Some of you single guys, like a girl said, you don't see, you're like, she don't see me. Or whatever the case may be. But the reality, let's get back to the serious note. Sometimes we don't see what God's doing inside of our life, even in the heartaches. There's been things that have taken place in our lives that have taught us that we didn't like, but what did it teach us? Sensitivity to others, to care for others. It teaches what pain, what pain does sometimes. It can make you bitter or it can make you just a blessed person. It can make you sensitive to uh, the needs and, and what's taking place in others' lives. When you and I have that, that, those things that take place in our life, you're like, man, God, maybe you're right there right now. You're, you're carrying something on your heart. You're like, man, God, I don't know how this this thing that I found out about two months ago or six months ago or last year or what is taking place in this area or that area is going to be good inside of my life. But let me tell you this. Let me encourage you. God is going to work things out for your good. You might not see it right now, but don't just focus on this part. We could get fixated on one part when God is creating something that's bigger than what we see. This tapestry of grace and uh, beauty is something that sometimes we don't see. But, you know, as we look through Scripture, God shows us that he's always doing something good. Now, the life of Joseph in the book of um, Genesis chapter 37, the Bible says these words to you and I in verse 5 and um, verse through 11, Genesis chapter 37 in verse 5 through 11. The Bible says this. It says, And Joseph had a dream, and when he told to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, Listen to this dream I had. There, were, they, there we were binding sheaves of grain in the field. Suddenly my sheaf stood up, and your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down uh, to my sheaf. Are you really going to reign over us? His brothers asked. Are you really going to rule over us? So they hated him even more because of his dream and what he had said. And he had another dream and told it to his brothers. Look, he said, I had another dream. I'm going to stop there. Okay, I'm gonna, let's just stop there. I want to, this morning, I want to honor, uh, this morning, this afternoon, I want to honor two men that are here that have been part of many of our lives for many years. And today we're so blessed to have Brother Louis from the Salinas Church. And we're so blessed to have Brother P from the Sacramento Church with us. Can you please stand? Where are you at? Right there. Thank you so much. Come on, guys. Let's give it up for them. These men have been awesome, awesome men of God for many years, for over 40 years, a part of our fellowship. And... They're serving. I remember um, Brother Louie at the youth conference being my chaperone when I was a kid. And I remember Brother P just serving in, in Salinas and also in Sacramento. And these men are mighty men of God. They've been faithful men of God. And I'm so blessed that they got to come to our church today. And thank you for coming over here with us in Whittier. We're so blessed that you're here. And, and you know what? Today, don't forget to greet them. And just show them love from Whittier so they can go back to their church and say, you know what, there's a lot of love over there in Whittier. They love Jesus. So the Bible says that his brothers, they hated him all the more. Look, he said, I had another dream. 
Okay, this is the part that I don't understand. See, Joseph already told his brothers a dream, and they just started hating on him, and they started being mean to him. And he goes, wait, I had another dream too, guys. I had another dream too. This guy sounds like a conceited know-it-all right here, huh? This little 17-year-old. It says, and he had another dream, and he told to his brothers, he said, look, I had another dream, and this time the sun and the moon and the 11 stars were bowing down to me. And he told his father and brothers, and his father rebuked him, what kind of dream is this that you have had, he said. Am, am I and your mother and your brothers really going to come and bow down in the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him. Everyone say jealous. They were jealous of him, but his fathers kept these things in mind. So they were jealous. Have you, have you ever had someone jealous of you? And what happened was his brothers, they, they, one day they were in a field, and Joseph was coming to give them some, uh, some direction. And the Bible says that they looked at their brother, uh, chapter 37, and said, look at the dreamer's coming. He's coming. Let, let's kill him. And the Bible says that they got him, and they threw him in a cistern. So he got lied about, and he got thrown into confined space. How many of you ever been lied about? How many of you ever got thrown in a place you don't want to be? How many of you ever been in a place you're like, I don't want to be here? And so the Bible says that he was lied about because he was highly favored. The Bible says that he was thrown into a place that he didn't want to be. And this is a place that sometimes that you and I are, you know, we can think about. But looking at Joseph's life, Joseph had a dream that his dad was bowing down to him, that his mom was bowing down to him, that his brothers were bowing down to him. He's having this dream, and God's showing him what's in the future. How many of you know sometimes God shows you what's up ahead for your future? And sometimes you can't tell everybody about it, right? Sometimes you got to say, God, that's, Lord, how many to keep that a secret? <laughs> so God shows you these things, and the Bible says that his brothers got mad at him, and the Bible says that they beat him up, and they lied to the dad, and they told the dad that he was dead, said, Joseph's dead. He, he's been killed by a ferocious animal, and, and Jacob lost his son. Joseph lost his dad. The brothers were just, they were caught in this lie about their little brother. And what had taken place is we see the hand of God moving through a traumatic experience. We see God already orchestrating the dream, but it's not in a way that we would have thought of. It's not in a way that we would have uh, uh, conceived. See, today, let me say, I was talking to a young man today. I got so blessed. He was talking to me. He said, you know what, Pastor Danny? He goes, a lot of times, I think people come to church and nothing happens to them because they don't come expecting. They don't come expecting. How many of us know that we can come to church and nothing can happen? Why? Because we're not expecting anything to happen. It's boring. What did you preach about? Oh, I don't, you know, it was good. It was about Jesus. You know, it was, you know, it, how was worship? Oh, it was, you know, it was good. But you're not expecting. You're thinking about who's going to, you know, you're thinking about this thing and that thing. But you and I have to come expecting God to do something supernatural inside of our life. Back to the text. We're reading this right here. And, and we see God's hand moving in a way that we don't expect God to move. Like tragedy could bring you to the will of God. How could that happen? So then the Bible says that he was sold as a slave. He's in Potiphar's house. And the Bible says he's a manager there and he's prospering there and God's using him there. And all of a sudden, Joseph, he's, he's just going forward after tragedy. He's going forward after tragedy. But then guess, guess what happens to him again? He gets lied about again. This time he's lied about by Potiphar's wife. 
And then guess what happens to him again? He gets thrown into a place that he doesn't want to be. He gets thrown into prison. And the Bible says that he's in this place, but guess what? God is with him. God is with him. But how can God take a lie and how can God take someone being in prison to get to their destiny in the dream that God has for them? See, a lot of us, if we had to plan our own life, we'd say, God, you know what? Send me to UCLA, and Lord, send me to my, my son, USC, and, and send me to, you know, uh, Lord, uh, Fuller Seminary, Lord, and send me to Biola, and nothing wrong with those, you know, God, and do this, Lord, and bless me with this thing, Lord, and bless me with that thing, and Lord, let me have this, and let me have that, and we want to get to our destination. Sometimes our destination that God takes us on, it's like we're going through Mount Everest, and sometimes it takes years upon years upon years upon years because what was God doing to Joseph when he was 17 years old? He was full of pride. He was a know-it-all, and he was conceited. And God had to take him to this place to bring humility in his life, to bring sensitivity to his life, to bring him to a place where he said, God, this is you, Lord, and it's not me. See, God allows us sometimes to go through things. Not, I'm not saying all things are to humble us or all things. Sometimes God puts us in places where he just wants us to trust him. He's teaching us to trust him. But whatever storm we're going through, he's trying to teach us something. He's trying to teach Danny something. He's trying to teach Danny to be humble because Danny likes to be proud. He's trying to teach Danny to trust him because Danny likes to figure things out by himself. He's trying to do this thing in Danny's life and that thing in Danny's life because he has a perfect plan for, uh, for my life and your life, and it's part of his will. But going back to Joseph, Joseph's in this place. He's lied about. He's thrown in prison, and he was just being elevated. Have you ever started getting elevated, and you got to something that's called a false summit? A false summit is, for all you that go hiking, have you ever went hiking, and you think you're at the top, and then you get to the top, and then you see another mountain? You're like, God, I thought this was it. I thought this was it. And then you run up that hill again, you get to the top of that hill, you get, and you're like, you're just like striving to get there, you get to the top of it, and you're like, oh, and then you see another hill. Sometimes that's what happens in our walk with God. See, that's going to happen until we get to be with the Lord. And that's why we're going from glory to glory and strength to strength. It's mountaintop to mountaintop to mountaintop, but the key is that we don't stay there, stuck. God, I thought this was it. God's saying, no, I want you to put your, shoes, your, your faith shoes back on. I want you to go to the next hill that I have for you. See, today, are you just stuck? Are you going forward to what God has for you? Is Danny stuck? Or am I going forward to what God has for my life going forward today? His response to injustice is something that's so powerful. In the injustice that Joseph faced, what did he do? What do we do when we're faced with something that unjustly happens to us? What do we do? Do we say, you know what? Who do they think they are? I'm going to show them. You know what? This thing and that thing. And we get into that place where uh, we get into that place where we have this mentality that, you know, we could say, man, why does bad things always happen to me and just me? And we feel like, woe is me. This is, this is the, 
And I'm being sensitive to you today. Can I, can I share from my heart? Because I've been there, and I still have to battle that. I'm not saying that I'm elite because I'm not. I know, where, I know the grace of God over my life, but I've been in a place where I thought I was the victim. And I was like, you know what? Man, woe is me, man. Why me? Nobody knows what I'm facing. Nobody knows what I'm going through. Nobody knows. And let me say this, church. When you're in that place, there's somebody with you. It's Jesus. He's with you in that place. And the good thing is you're not alone because he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He's always going to be there with you. And some of you today, right now, you're in the storm. You're in, tra- you're in trauma. You're in things taking place with your children, with your finances, and maybe even your health, and you haven't opened up to anybody today. I encourage you to talk to someone that loves God, that can encourage you. Don't, don't stay there alone. If you're here and you're, you're, you're carrying something today and you're thinking about, man I, just, man, I just can't carry this by myself, you know what? Share it with somebody that loves God, and guess what's going to happen? God's going to encourage you and strengthen you, and they're going to be praying for you. They're going to be praying for you. And so today, if you're in that place like Danny has been, where, man, God, well, what about me, God? Like, man, God, I just feel like giving up. Be encouraged. God is going to help you, and he's going to see you through. He's going to give you that strength and that grace that helps you get to, to the other side because Joseph sold as a slave lied about all these things. You think about Job in the Bible. You think about Daniel in the Bible, thrown in the lion's den. You think about Ruth. You think about Esther. You think about Mordecai. You think about all these people that traumatic things happen. But I can go all through from this corner of the building all the way to this corner of the building, and every single one of us have had trauma take place in our life. We've all had things where we say, man, I don't understand, but God's grace has kept us. The blood of Jesus has, has helped us. The power of the Holy Ghost has seen us through. There was times, like we, we were just singing today, he knows our name. He knows our name. He knows the name of our situation right now. He knows exactly what we're going through today. For those who are watching online, they're in your home. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you're facing. And you know what? He's faithful to you. He's faithful to you. He's going to see you through. He has your name written on the palms of his hand. He has your your name written on the palms of his hand. What does these things help us, me to do? They've helped me to be sensitive to others. They've helped me to cry out for help when I need help. Another thing is it gave me an eternal perspective knowing that this is not my home. I'm just passing through. Um, I'm not of this world, but you're not of this world either. We're just passing through. Our life is but a vapor. And so you know what? Our days are, are limited here on the earth. And when you and I know that, what happens? We start staying. We just stay close to Jesus. We stay right next to the Lord. We're in love with Jesus. We're on fire for Jesus. We're like, God, you know what, Lord? I want to be next to you, Lord. I don't care if service is going to start at 828. I'm going to be there at 815, Lord. I'm going to be ready for church. I'm going to be ready for church. Lord. I'm going to be right there ready to go. And then after church, God, I'm going to go back home and go back to sleep. I'm just playing. You know, one of the cool benefits is we're going to have a lot more parking. It's going to be a lot more cooler. It's just, you know, so many benefits. Amen. So many benefits. And then we have bragging rights and say, we're an early church. Yeah, we're a real early church. Yeah, we're a real early church. 
safeguards as the worship team makes their way up here. Today, maybe you're in that place like Joseph, but his response was he continued to serve faithfully. He was patient. He served helping in the dreams of others. The Bible says in uh, Genesis chapter 40, verse 8, it says these words. Cupbearer and the baker came to him. They said, we had dreams, they said to him, but there's no one to interpret them. And Joseph said to them, don't interpretations belong to God. Tell me your dreams. Joseph couldn't have been in a place where, you know what? God didn't let my dream come to pass. Why should I interpret this man's dream and this man's dream? He was in prison. He could have been like, I don't want to help out in anyone's dreams. I don't want to be part of this anymore. I just want to sit in my cell and not do anything. No, the Bible says that Joseph, when he heard those dreams, he said, you know what? Don't all dreams, interpretations, they come from God. And can I say something to you? All things. Today, the dreams that God has given you, he's given you for a reason. There might have been some dreams that he gave you five years ago or 10 years ago or 20 years ago, many years ago that God gave you and you feel like, you know what? Those dreams are over. They're dead. No, they're not dead. They're not done. My encouragement to you today is to serve faithfully where God has placed you at your jobs, in your families. My encouragement is for you to be patient. Joseph was patient for 13 years, waiting and waiting on God and waiting on God and waiting on God for vindication, waiting on God for him to bring vindication in his life. Another thing about Joseph is that Joseph, he helped interpret the dreams of other men. He was still part of the dream process. Today, as you and I are going forward for God, continue to be like Joseph, continue to be like Joseph, knowing Jesus is going to see us through. He's going to help us. He's going to strengthen us. He's going to be that friend that we need, that encouragement that we need side of our life. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, today we want to introduce you to our Lord and our Savior. We want you to know him. And today we're going to have every head bowed and every eye closed. And maybe you're watching online there. There in your living room or at your job. We want to pray for you as well. And you here today, if you're here today, say, you know what? I would like to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I want my sins forgiven. I want to join God's family. If that's you today, if you could just do, do us one favor. If you could just raise your hand up right where you're at. Just raise it up. Amen. I see that hand. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Anyone else here today? You want to accept Christ? I see that hand back there. Thank you, Lord. Let's give God glory. Let's give God praise. Anyone else here today, you'd like to accept Christ in your life. You want your sins forgiven. God loves you. He has a plan for your life. So blessed today. Amen. And if we could all stand here today, if we could all stand.
And if you raise your hand, if you could just, if you could just do one, one more thing. We have some altar workers here that are going to pray for you. You won't be alone. They're going to lead you in the prayer of repentance, and they're going to pray for you. But if you raise your hand, can you just come up here today? You won't be alone, and we're going to pray for you. Let's give God glory. Let's give Him praise today as those people make it there up here. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Worshiping you, God giving you glory, giving you honor, giving you praise. If you're there and you raise your hand and you just want to pray right there, right where you're at, we're going to pray for you there too. You could be right there. Not a problem whatsoever. Oh, praise God. All right. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. All right. So we're going to lead you. All right, Sister Eunice, thank you so much. Anyone else here, would you like to give your life to the Lord? There's still time. God loves you. Praise you, Lord. Changing the order of the service, believer, Christian. Right now, we want to open up this altar. If you need prayer, if you need encouragement, or you want to stand in proxy for someone you love, the altar is open, and we want to pray for you. Make your way up here today.